For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back. Episode 7 of the Believe and Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. You remember to do it. I didn't have to tell you. Pre-show. Boom. Impressed. Back, as that, that as you can hear, that's Wade, the one and only Wade, and we are doing an emergency Thursday podcast. We usually do on the weekends, but today is Thursday, August 1st, post-trade deadline. No messing around today. We're jumping right into it. No news. No who's number seven. Cristiano Ronaldo. No. Padres have traded Fran Mil Reyes, hometown hero, along with Logan Allen and Victor Nova, who no one's ever heard of, even me. I'm a prospect guy, and I don't know who Victor Nova is, but... In a three-team deal with the Reds and the Indians, the Reds, I mean, we all know that we saw the trade. It happened uh, Tuesday night. The Reds received Trevor Bauer from Cleveland. The Indians got the big haul, Fran Mil Reyes, Logan Allen, Victor Nova, Scott Moss from Cincinnati, and Yasiel Puig from Cincinnati. Did you see Trevor Bauer went to the game the next day just as a fan? No way. Yeah. Which game? To the Cleveland game. He just showed, was in he the just stands. showed up in the stands. Who would recognize Trevor? I wouldn't recognize Trevor. There was Trevor. a whole Barstool video. That is pretty fucking legendary. Yeah. I love that. Uh, the Padres. Do you know who the Padres got? One dude, and his name is Taylor Trammell. So that's who we are talking nice about today. Nice pronunciation. I've been following the guy since he got drafted. Gotcha. So I, I kept this, saying Trammell. I, I figured in your head you were saying Trammell, but then we were going to clear it up today. But you did your homework, and you figured out it's Trammell. And holy shit, this trade blew everyone's mind when it happened on Twitter. Everyone was freaking out. I was freaking out. Our Padres group me was freaking out. Taking sides, uh, family against family, friends against friend, friend Mil Reyes, one of the most beloved Padres I can think of in recent memory, getting traded. Everybody loved this guy. The best player on the team, Fernando Tatis, it was like his best friend. Like this is this was a devastating trade on a personal level to lose Fran Mill. Keyword personal. Personal level. So I have had a chance to calm down in the aftermath of this bomb that went off. I was devastated when they traded Fran Mil Reyes. You're starting and, to see the light now. And if you were getting, you? if you're getting Syndergaard or I don't know Bauer or another long-term piece like a pitcher that was going to help the team this year and going forward, I would have understood trading Fran Mil Reyes. Like that was just a, a thing that we were prepared to accept. But when you're getting a prospect back, it really confused me and it confused a lot of others. And at the time, you were you were kind of in on it, right? You you liked it from I've liked it from the moment it happened. So I mean, a, a little heartfelt at first, you know. It's really sad. Fran Mill was one of the fan the clubhouse guy. Yeah, kept everyone together, singing every song. You every wanna, every you, song. You want to sing it? No, I can't sing it. <laughs> uh, I will always love you. But and the show is dedicated to his memory today. And as sad as people are, I think the consensus has become it was kind of a necessary move he was he's a bigger guy doesn't rate out well defensively we're gonna we're gonna jump into all of these metrics 
um, throughout the show. I mean, we're, we're mostly talking about Tramel today. It's Tramel's day. Happy Tramel day. He's getting the start tonight against the sod, or, uh, on the sod pools playing center. center field. We're, we're going to talk about all that later. But Fran Mill wasn't the best player for a National League team. And we kind of all knew that is when we first heard his name last year. I mean, he's been a prospect in the organization for a while, but hasn't really gotten any, uh, you know, attention until he started hitting home runs last year. He was never, he was never protected in the rule five draft. He was, he's been on the team since he was 16 and no one's ever cared to check in on him. He's like, right. 2017, he was rule five and nobody picked him up. So nobody in baseball wanted him. And now we got the Reds number one prospect in return. Well, it's not just that they didn't want him. It's the implications of signing a rule five guy is you have to keep him on your major league roster for the entire season or offer him back. So no one wanted to take that risk. It didn't make any sense to draft him because there was no place for him on a major league roster, clearly, because even the Padres, who were holders of his rights, didn't have a place for him. And they didn't even know what they had until he started. I mean, he hit like 16 home runs in half a season last year, and then he was on a pace again this year to hit maybe 35, 40 home runs. You know who else was Rule 5 the same year? Uh, Max Muncy. Damn it. Take it away, my material. (laughs) Don't share show notes before the show, Wade. But – he he just fits the the American League model of a. He's going to be a great hitter. DH. He's the perfect designated hitter, right? Which the National League could adopt in the next few years. We've talked about that on the show, and Major League Baseball has had an internal internal discussions about adopting a DH. And I personally have switched allegiances. I think it would be great for the game now. I think they clearly need it, but that's not a thing that's going to happen this year or next year. Or you don't like seeing the double double switches. It's it's just dumb. The p- pitchers try and sacrifice bunt. No, it's it's not a fun part of the game anymore. And is there really strat? It's there's this whole thing about like oh, it's more baseball strategy. No, it's not. It's like a it's a blueprint of what you're supposed to do. And when you double switch, and it's it's like playing blackjack. Yeah, there's like a little bit of skill in it, but is it mostly what skill? the book tells you to do? Is it skill or just memorizing what the book told you? Or ask the dealer? Yeah, what's the book say? It's the same thing. So. I don't think it adds any skill. I don't think it makes the managers flex their managerial muscles anymore. I think Austin it, Powers, Blackjack. I don't remember it. He I've has seen it too. I also like to live dangerously. <laughs> Great reference. <laughs> I should rewatch that. But um, the for the National League, it's it would help improve the pace of play more, um, and it would I think improve the overall qu- quality of the product you're watching. Nobody wants to pay to watch a pitcher hit. I mean, there's only a couple that are actually good hitters, and it's you can count them on one hand. It's Bumgarner, it's Granky, Granky. That's it. Like it's there's nobody. Like no one wants to watch Joey Lucchese hit. Sorry. So anyway, we're getting way off topic with that. Anyway, who is Taylor Trammell? That's all we're pretty much talking about on today's show. We're gonna get to some newsy stuff at the end. Padres sign an international free agent, which isn't really news because we knew it was gonna happen, and we're gonna just briefly mention a few of the other prospects who traded hands within the division, at least uh, in terms of the giants and the diamondbacks, they moved some pieces that I thought were interesting. So we'll get into that at the very end, but this is the topic that's dominating the show. And it's Taylor Trammell. Who is Taylor Trammell? The highlights. He's a two time futures game representative for the Cincinnati reds the last two years. So he started the futures game this year, started the futures game last year, won the MVP Preller was talking about that in his 
press conference after the trade, how much they've been scouting Trammell and how much they've liked him and they liked how he performed on the big stage. Personally, that kind of bothered me that he's referencing these two games, which are a, the two, it's a two game sample size. And he was impressed by how well he did in those. That's what you're scouting. I mean, that's when you're on the big stage though. I know, but it's two games. He had a home run and a triple. I don't care. Do you see him think he had the home run on the triple? Yeah, too? I do. But, or I did, but it doesn't, I don't want to hear the GM referencing that as part of his scouting or like the reasons why he got Trammell. Oh, on the big stage, which is one game. It's not like, it's not the Super Bowl. It's it's one baseball game. And I mean, it, it's the only time it's like six at bats. they've ever been on ESPN. It's like six at bats. I don't want to hear this is, is one of the reasons why they went and got him. Cause he, it's just total luck that he performed well on that stage. And Preller had a chance to go get him in the draft too. He passed on him three times, right? So who did he pick in 20? It was 2016 draft. It was a 2016 draft. Do you yeah. know who was the first pick in that draft? Oof. Hold on. Okay. 18 was Casey Mize. 17. Oh man. I'm, I'm local product. Doing bad at these. Oh, it was LCC. Oh, it was Mickey Moniak. It was. Yeah. And that was a head scratcher at the time. And he has not done well from off the top of my head. He's been really bad. But who did Preller draft? He, he which he had three picks. Cal Quantrill first. Okay, so qual, what pick did Quantrill go? Do you know? Eighth. Yeah, and I think Trammell went in the second supplemental second, draft, supplement, like 30, 30, 40. 34, 35. Okay, and so Preller had three picks before that. One right. was Cal Quantrill. Second was Hudson Potts. Hudson Sanchez at the drafted time. as Hudson Sanchez. Inexplicably changed his name. Third pick was Eric Lauer. Yeah, and Eric Lauer, I remember people thought was high for Eric Lauer. Just initial first reaction to when the draft was happening, they took Eric Lauer. Like, you know, Eric Lauer, like, there's some better talent on the board than Eric Lauer. But this is what we talked about what Preller does before in the draft. And it's he takes some guys a little earlier than maybe they're projected to be to save some money. And then he goes and gets guys. Later in the draft, I'm not sure if this is the best strategy. Has it really paid off yet? Have any of those late guys that he's thrown a ton of money at over slot value done anything? Not yet. Not that I can think of. It's too early to tell. Well, it's not early enough to tell that his high picks necessarily haven't done that great. A lot of guys were passing on him too because in high school, he was a really good running back. He was the Class A Player of the Year, um, which is the smallest division in Georgia. He had 2,500 rushing yards and 38 touchdowns. So he got a, a good little season. He got an offer to Georgia Tech for baseball and football. Okay. So a lot of guys passed on him thinking he's going to go to school and play both sports. And the there. Reds took a chance and were luckily able to convince him to play baseball. Right. So he's still a little raw. That's been kind of his that's kind of the reason why he slipped a little bit. Like you said he had offers to go play football and that can scare some teams off. But also in that triple option at Georgia Tech, he probably would have been really good. They're not doing it this year. Did you hear that? I saw that. That's it's Georgia Tech without the triple option. What are we doing? I don't know. It's a new age. But Trammell has been kind of splitting his time between baseball and football since high school, and has only relatively recently in his career started to just focus on baseball exclusively. And we thought, oh, he's going to be raw. He's going to be have some growing pains. And the development might be a little slow with him, but he's a supreme athlete, probably an 80 athlete on the on the scouting curve. And that's the trend with Prettler lately. He loves athletes. these dual sport guys. Or just athletes. Maybe not necessarily dual sport, but specimens, athletic specimens. So like Buddy Reed comes to mind. Um, he traded Trey Turner. He didn't do that draft. That was Josh Burns in 2015. 
but got Trey Turner out of there immediately. And since then, the 2016 draft, which we've we've gone over a ton, didn't really hit on a bunch of those guys. I mean, Eric Lauer made the, the pros, which is nice. Cal Quantrill made the pros, which is nice. Hudson Potts is a guy. But he he was so enamored with Taylor Trammell. Why didn't you just go draft him, dude? What what happened in the last two years? I think he was scared that he was going to go to Georgia Tech. And this year, Trammell has been terrible. So Trammell has, the last few years, has been rated really highly on all these prospect lists, whether it's Baseball America, Fangraphs, uh, MLB, Pipeline, Keith Law, whoever you read or subscribe or, or uh, listen to, he's been rated very highly. The numbers haven't been spectacular. He's got a 274 batting average in the minor leagues through, I mean, it's one, two, two, two plus seasons of pro ball. He's never hit more than 13 home runs in a season. High OBP though. He's yeah. He's known for his great eye at the plate. He's got a really good hit tool. He's patient. He understands the strike zone. He, he reads pitches well, so he's not getting fooled on a ton of stuff. And I've got a whole bunch of stats here. 65 grade speed, which is one of the best in the minor leagues. According to, I don't know, varying reports. Yes. Maybe a 60, 65 speed, which plays well on the, on the base paths. I mean, people are projecting him as a 30 stolen base guy in the majors. I don't think that'd be weird. No. Or I don't think that would be crazy to project 30 stolen bases. 20 home run, 30 stolen bases guy. Yeah. If you hear that, well, first of all, that's a fantasy stud right there. If you play fantasy baseball, I do 20 homers, 30 steals, and maybe like a 260, 270 batting average. That's a stud player with a good OBP too, because it's a, it's an OBP league now. But which is another reason why it was okay to let Fran Mill go. His OBP was terrible. He's not the best OBP guy. But yeah. at the same time, everyone's not everyone, but but the the chat around Twitter. And I've been reading Twitter the lot the last couple of days, and people are are kind of crushing Fran Mill. Like, oh, he was not the piece that the Padres needed going forward. Look at his bat on base percentage skills. He doesn't play the outfield very well. He's not suited for the National League. But the the dude is twenty four years old, right? But there was a log jam with him and Renfro. There's, you got to pick one. You, I don't know if you had to. This you year. had to. You didn't have to this year. Are they winning anything this year? Exactly. So go get something. You're not winning with Fran Mill. You're not winning with Taylor Trammell either. So he could come up next year and be the starting center fielder. He's hitting two thirty six this season. His first year of Double A as a twenty one year old. He has six home runs. He's running a little bit. 16 stolen bases, caught four times, and he's on base 351 clip, which is all nice. Or no, it's not all nice. I'm sorry. The, th- the, the on-base percentage is nice, but the rest of it's kind of garbage. So he's this highly rated prospect who the last couple of years has been you know, challenging for a top 10 position in, in prospect rankings. The numbers have never been outstanding from, from a top prospect, but this year they've plummeted. And we saw him, he missed two weeks earlier in the year with a hamstring strain. But that was in June, and he was bad before that, and he's been bad after it. So kind of take that for what it is. Um, a career 367 OBP. So for a guy that's relatively new to baseball, we like that. The hit tool is there. The, the eye at the plate is there. He clearly knows what he's doing. People, people, scouts, love the way he approaches the game in the batter's box. He shows really good power in batting practice. And then when he gets a hold of one in the games, it's, I mean, you watch the futures game. He crushed a, a home run off of, um, I forgot who it was at the time, but th- these are the most elite pitchers in the minors. And he, w- the stage wasn't too big for him. He's got an 80 grade makeup on his personality, which you hear from everyone who knows him. And the Reds will tell you that too. I love that stat. Who just comes up with the, the 80 grade makeup on personality. <laughs> I don't know, some writer who talked to him for five minutes, but 
it's probably not a coincidence that everyone, if everyone thinks he's a good kid, he's probably a good kid. You know, you don't hear that about. Yeah, every I mean, player. he was four point student in high school. You don't hear that about His every parents, player. Both engineers, smart kid. He's probably yeah, he's probably a very smart kid. Was going to go to Georgia Tech to just to play sports, but also you know you got to be smart to go to Georgia Tech. He, we were talking about projecting his his future skills. Right now, it's he's not he's in the middle of a bad season, but he projects for about a future 50, 55 power, fifty five hit tool gets on base at above average clip, and the speed's going to play. I mean, that's going to be fun watching him run the bases. Him, Tatis, Urias, we're just going to be a fast team. I, I mean, I hope he makes it. Here's the problem with trading for prospects when you have young controllable assets that are already performing in the major league level. So like Fran Mill Reyes, he just graduated from being a prospect, Fran Mill. He made it. And now you've, as a prospect, you know the odds, or if you follow prospects at all, you know the odds of making the majors and becoming an impact player are not very high. But he never had a future on the Padres. He's always been an ALDH guy. You can't play him in the NL. He, what was he this year? A minus 10 defensive run saved? Yeah. I mean, you'd see every game, late inning games, they'd substitute him out because he was giving up runs in the outfield. What's wrong with just being a late inning substitution guy? That's what you have Jankowski on the bench for. That's what you have Margot on the bench for. It's just not a long-term solution there. Here's, okay, so I'm not against trading him. We've been talking about trading him for a while, him or Renfro. And Renfro clearly won the spot. The, the issue I had with the trade when it happened was if you were going to trade him, let's go get something like Noah Syndergaard, not a prospect who's going to take another two years to develop. And we have no idea if he's going to be capable of even making the majors. Yeah, he's a, he's a highly rated prospect. As we've talked about in past episodes, Potters really don't have a center field prospect. Well, they still don't because he's not a center fielder. I see him staying in center field. With his athleticism, he's going to stay there. Okay, so you want to get into that right now? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Okay. Is he a center fielder? Right now, the answer is no. So they're sticking him in center field in double A with the solid poodles for now. But just because he's a better theoretical center fielder than Framiel Reyes would be, that doesn't make him a center fielder. He has a 952 fielding percentage this year, playing 90 out of 91 games in left field for the Reds double A affiliate. He's playing left there, though, because they have a stud center fielder prospect, Jose Siri. Yeah, he is a very good defensive center field prospect. But does that explain why he would have a 952 fielding percentage? So for reference, fielding percentage is calculated by putouts plus assists divided by putouts plus assists plus errors. So it's kind of a crude way to just quickly assess how well a guy's been playing in the outfield. It does not take into account reads off the bat. It doesn't take into account... uh, you know, the stat cast measurements of this ball had a 10% chance of being caught and he caught it. This ball had a 90% chance of being caught and he dropped it. Um, that's an error, obviously, but it it's a it's a flawed stat for sure. And that is tough. I mean, he's played center field his whole life, and then you're gonna throw him in left. The he's ball's been, coming ball's been, coming off the bat a little differently in left. He's been playing left field pretty much exclusively since he got to the minors, which We're, has been three he's years. He's only now. twenty-one. We're talking high two and a, two and a half years now. He's had a chance to learn left field. For comparison, among all major league center fielders who qualify for innings in center, Ian Desmond is the worst center fielder with a 969 fielding percentage. Woof. And Trammell is 952 in left field. So your fielding percentage should go up if you're a good center fielder and they put you in left field. 
It is below what Ian Desmond has. It will. Kyle Schwarber at the major league level playing left field has a 966, a notoriously bad left fielder. Ryan Braun is the worst at 964. And again, Taylor Trammell is a 952 fielding percentage. Now, once again, this is not this is not a perfect measurement of a player's defensive value. Good players or bad players, I'm sorry, such as Kyle Schwarber, who or bad defensive players, I should say, who don't take good routes to the ball, don't get good jumps off the bat, are slow, don't get too many balls that have a less than 50% chance of being caught. Feeling percentage does not take that into account, so it can inflate Kyle Schwarber's numbers a little bit. That does not explain why Taylor Trammell's numbers would be deflated. If anything, you should have a higher feeling percentage as a bad defensive player because you're not getting to as many balls. There's less chances, there's less put-out attempts, and there's less errors. But somehow... He's at a 952. Anything for me there? I got nothing there. <laughs> I don't know how to rebuttal that one. No, there's no... Okay, so there's no stat cast in the minor leagues. We don't have a lot of the sabermetric defensive data. So things could change. And we saw with Hunter Renfro's improvement just in the last year, things can change. You can get better at defense. Schwarber's taking steps to get better. Everyone, this is a thing that the major league teams work with a lot on their young players. It's route running... And it's reads off the bat. One thing they can't fix though is his arm, and it is a grade forty arm. There's a reason he's in left field, and it's the arm. Now for center field, do you you have to have a Hunter Renfro arm? No, you can get away with having a, a below average a Jankowski arm. arm. So Jankowski has this arm. Juan Pierre had a terrible arm. A lot of center fielders get by with a below average arm, but he can run the bases like Juan Pierre though. Baseball savant has him at a fifty five. Jay Z shout out. Who? Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Used to run the bases like Juan Pierre. Nothing. I got nothing for wow. you. Wow. Not a Hova fan. Don't you know what that means? Next. Not in high school. The base, <laughs> baseball savant has him at a 55 average or a 55 grade defensive tool, which is fine. Average is 50. So he's – they have him at slightly above average, but the 45 arm – is a killer. And that, to me, that just sounds like a left fielder, not a center fielder. Everyone's excited because, oh, this solves the future problem of center field. He's more dynamic. He's a better athlete. He's faster. Let's pump the brakes. First of all, I don't think he's ever going to play the, in the majors as a center fielder. You can't just say that, though. you got to give him a shot. All the tools indicate that he's not. So I'm projecting. This is what we do is... Well, I'm projecting he's going to be a center fielder. Okay, well, he's a center fielder right now, and he's not going to stay there very long. I'm guessing by next year they moved him off, and he's playing left field. We're just going to have to agree to disagree here. Agree to disagree. Fine. I mean, this also gives a chance for the Padres to showcase Renfro will give them more at-bats, and if we want to go make a trade for a pitcher in the offseason, Will and Renfro have a shot to increase their value. It definitely cleans up the outfield a little we bit. We had the logjam. We needed to move somebody. Yeah, and having Fran Mill be a AL pretty much only player, he had no future with the Padres. We had to do something, and to flip him for the Reds' number one prospect, I'm all for that. I just wish Taylor Trammell was having a better year than he is. I would have liked to see him improve this year. Then we would have had to give up more, not take a huge step back. It seems like we were paying a premium price for their number one prospect, while that prospect's at his lowest value. I, I mean, just, there's a lot of scouts out there saying he could be the future face of a franchise with his personality future 20 home run 30 stolen bases guy that again though it's just it's all he's still all projection Fran Mill we kind of knew what he was and I had just wished we had right and we weren't winning with him I just wish we had used it to 
get something more valuable to us right now, like a Noah Syndergaard or a Trevor Bauer or a control, some kind of controllable starting pitcher. Not and a prospect. Much. Moving him, not a prospect. getting Will and Renfro more at bats. Taylor Trammell. could be the move. I'm a big Trammell guy. I like him a lot. He's a borderline top 20 prospect overall for me. I mean, a lot of other publications have him in the 30, 40 range. And that's taking a step back, too. That's how high he was last year. All I'm saying is that was the first summit of fall. Preller knows what he's doing. We have to trust Preller. It is he a, hasn't missed. He misses all the time. He traded Trey Turner for Will Myers. All right, one minute. There's a, there's a, he, it's definitely a swing for the fences type of trade. It's taking a piece that we kind of, we figure we kind of know the ceiling. There, Framil Reyes is a good player, but he's flawed in a few huge areas, which are really detrimental to a National League team. You go get a player like Taylor Trammell. He plays in Petco now. He's going to, play in ballparks like Colorado, Arizona, Dodger Stadium. These are big ballparks gaps. where he's just going to get turned loose. Hits. I love watching fast players like Fernando Tatis, Arias, and Trammell. It's going to be really fun to watch them play, but that's assuming Trammell takes the step forward. If he plays like this again next year where he's hitting 240, that's not good enough. I mean, Preller did kind of put his job on the line here. This is a job on the line kind of trade because – Right now, it looks like Preller is kind of addicted to rebuilding. The team's supposed to be kind of ready next year, and you just traded for a guy who might not be ready next year. It's like, is this a perpetual rebuild? At some point, we're going to have to put all the chips in and flip the cards over and see what we have. And that's what you that's what you have to do. This winter, he's going to make more moves. You know he is. I expected more moves this offseason or it this was, trade deadline and moving a player. The offers weren't out there. He's sitting back, biding his time. He's going to make the move. There, there, was a, there was a rumor going around that the Mets were just asking a ton, which makes sense because we talked about this last week. The Padres have a really good farm system. The Padres apparently offered him four players. Well, if you're the Mets— I really want to know who those four players I would, were. I would pay folding money to know who those players were. But if you're the Mets, of course you're going to ask for a huge haul because look at, look at the, the pieces the Padres are holding on to. The Mets are going to ask for some, some really good things back. And if you're Preller— I don't blame him for passing, but I also don't blame the Mets for asking for you know a King's ransom to get Noah Syndergaard, who's a controllable asset and has ace potential. One thing I wanted to get into before we move on from Trammell was some people are excited that he is going to bring balance to this lineup. So the problem I have with projecting Trammell into the lineup already and kind of just assuming he's going to play center field and he's fast and he's going to hit for power, like all that stuff. It's, it's nice. And again, I do really like Taylor Trammell and I'm hoping that he's the, the left fielder that we need left fielder. Yeah. Margot is going to play center field. Renfro is going to play right. And I don't see. Know. I think Preller's going to move Margot. He could, or he probably was trying to for Syndergaard and didn't get there. But the problem with projecting all this stuff and you're, you're moving chess pieces around the board that aren't, in play yet. So I mean, you're playing checkers. Preller is playing chess. I just referenced chess. I'm clearly playing <laughs> chess. You can't move pieces around the board that you haven't gotten yet. So Tremel is a piece that's off the board. Tremel's playing chess in the minors. Or, or I'm talking about chess on the Padres level. And you can't project, oh, he's another lefty. Oh, he's another speed guy. We'll stick him in left field. It's It doesn't quite work that way. Prospects don't are not guaranteed. No matter how good they are, are not guaranteed to have success in the majors. You you can be guaranteed to make the majors because the team can just throw you in there and see what they have, but you're not guaranteed success. Luis Arias, we were projecting last year to be our future second baseman. A lot of people want him gone already. And he's failed for less than a season. 
people lose patience with their prospects very quickly. And at this time next year, if Tremelo's having a shit year, they're going to be calling for Preller's job. The thing you have to do is what Preller is trying to do, and he's swinging super hard for the fences, and he's been doing that with a lot of his trades, like the Anderson Espinosa trade, uh, where he traded Drew Pomerantz, a couple other trades which are, they seem risky on paper, but you're you're trying to go get the talent that becomes not an everyday player, but becomes an all-star. And this is the kind of trade that is. It's acquiring a future piece that you hope has the chance to be an all-star. It's a swinging for the fence trade, upside trade, which I like a lot, but it's not a, oh, he's left-handed, I like him more. It's he's a speed guy, I like him more. Right, but you have to take that chance. You're accumulating I mean, talent. That's, that was the best we were going to get for Fran Mill. Fran Mill wasn't a long-term option. You have to admit that, right? For No, no I think we've covered that already. Yeah, yeah he's he, an AL player. Yeah, so my, my the problem with the trade was that I didn't think we were getting the right thing back. And Tramel is a very high upside prospect, which is nice. I just wanted a different return. That's all. So I'm I'm all in on Tramel now. He's our guy, obviously, and I want him to succeed. I want him to be an all star. I just didn't get the trade at the time. So you've started coming to the light. I've come around a little bit. Yeah. How would you rate the trade? One through ten. Give a lot of pieces for one guy. Was it's, it a lot of pieces though? Logan Allen. It's he wasn't really pieces. showing us anything. How long has he been up? Big loss of John Cena. How long has he been up? I mean... A few months. So people are like already quitting on Logan Allen and Fran Reyes. He was doing a lot of... He was doing a, <laughs> he was doing a lot of head jerking backwards, watching some dingers go out. He's been up for a few months. And Fran has been up for, what, maybe a year total. So people are really quick to turn on young players if they don't start off hot. If Tatis had started off poorly, he he might be down already. But and he didn't. I know. He's been a stud, and we love him. But this could happen very easily with Taylor Trammell a year from now. It or could go the other way, too, it's though. It's already happened with Luis, Luis Arias. I mean, the thing about trades is you'll never know until about two years later. That's true. You're absolutely right. And hopefully it all works out for the Padres. But just it was a very risky move, and this is what Preller does. Keep so I, the... Fake. Shouldn't I shouldn't be surprised. This is a very Prellerish move. <sighs> the team is just so close to winning, and I thought we could have made a difference. Were we move. that close to winning though? They they were a wild card team in contention all the way through the All Star break. They were, yeah. And then Andy Green blew it. Bunting Tatis, that sneaky bastard. No, T- Green hasn't been that bad. Everyone's been hammering Andy Green. The team hasn't played that well. The the team only hits home runs. No one gets on base. The pitching staff's been crap. It's not Andy Green's fault. I don't blame Andy at all. He's made a few questionable moves, but so what? That doesn't, that's not costing the team 20 ball games this year. I don't know. I just want him gone. It's, it's, it's probably time, honestly. Bye-bye. So that's Taylor Trammell. I think we covered him pretty deeply. We are – what's the consensus? Where we the best part of that trade, though, Yasiel Puig going and as he got traded, got in that huge fight. Yeah, that's uh, – well, I came in really hot. Yeah, that's the craziest part of the day. Tuesday night was insane for not only this trade, but Yasiel Puig getting a fight on the Amir red Garrett is a dude with uh, the Pirates. That guy played. That guy played basketball at St. John's. That guy's a huge dude. Oh yeah, he came late to, to baseball as well. Yeah, but uh, attacked the whole Pirates team by himself, swinging so punches. sweet. Amir Garrett, the Reds the manager dugout. who had already been ejected, come Storms back from the dugout and gets. Lit up. I would run through a brick wall for that manager. (laughs) Andy Green would never do that. Uh, Let's give Andy that chance. 
Dave Roberts no, put him in his place. The problem with Andy Green is that he's just the tiniest little dude on the field. Dave Roberts could beat him up. That's a problem. <laughs> and Dave Roberts is a tiny little guy, too. But, yeah, Tuesday night with, the, with that fight combined with Puig being in the middle of the fight and not even on the Reds at the time of the fight, plus this giant trade made Tuesday wild. And it was a crazy it, Tuesday. That's where we're recording and this on I mean, Thursday. sad to see Fran Mill go, but I think it was the best move for the Padres. Craziest sports Tuesday of all time? Local for us, at least. Maybe. I can't remember another Tuesday. What about the NCAA first round? <sighs> depends how much those, money. Those play-in games, d- you know? Depends how much money really I really get you won going. or lost on that day. Those two 16 seeds going at it. I don't feel like I've ever had a really great Tuesday on those. I've, been, I've had okay Tuesdays, but my, my weekends never made or braid by those. Made or braid Not a LeBron Taco Tuesday guy? Spare me. Okay, so last thing we're getting into. I wanted to just quickly mention the prospects involved with this Diamondbacks Astros trade because the Diamondbacks are about to start rebuilding too. We're going to see that happen. They the got next. a haul. Seth Beer, who's the, the Astros number three prospect. J.B. Bukowskis, the number four prospect. This is all according to MLB Pipeline. Corbin Martin, the number five prospect. And Josh Rojas, the number 22 prospect. More of a flyer guy. But that was all in exchange for Zach Granke, who the Astros are so already dirty now. Who just made the Astros the team to beat in the the World Series. Three of the top five guys in whip. I don't know how you... Whip? Sorry, right, Stewie. I don't know how you go up against those three guys in the playoffs. That's going to be nuts. But this isn't first take. I didn't really want to get into that. But Seth Beer, Clemson guy, was considered one of the top college bats in the draft a couple Great years name ago. too. I mean, the broiest name I can... Such a Clemson name. Seth Beer. Has <laughs> uh, had actually a pretty good uh, early career with the Astros. They people were worried he couldn't hit with the wood bat coming out of Clemson. He had some really bad outings in summer ball with the wood bat in the Cape Cod League. GB Bukowskis, one of the top uh, pitching prospects a couple years ago in the draft. I think he's from North Carolina. Trust yourself, Ryan. He went to North Carolina. One of the top pitching prospects in the 2017 draft. He went 15th overall to the Astros. He's getting that ACC baseball potential stud. Yeah. Corbin Martin, who's been a contributor at times for the Astros this year, former second rounder, 56 overall, same draft, 2017, from Texas A&M, so another college guy. And he's been up for a little bit, had a few starts this season, got shut down. It's a, it's a huge haul for Zach Granke, who's an older guy. I think he's 34 and is going to be get paid a ton of money over the next couple of years. The Astros... Saddest part about this trade is we don't get to see Grinky hit anymore unless they go to the World Series. Well, unless we have Carlos Quentin, I'm not interested in watching Zach Grinky hit. I just like I want to see those guys go at it again. It's one zero Quentin right now. Fair. It's, it's absolutely fair. The Giants got another interesting piece. They made a trade with uh, the Brewers that sent Drew Pomeranz and Ray Black from San Francisco. Drew Pomeranz has been traded so many times. We sold at the right moment with Drew Pomeranz at his peak. Yeah, but I think that's just kind of. Being a Padre too, pitching in Petco at the time was right. a lot better than inflated it is now. Inflated numbers plus the de- fence was bad. Deflated, yeah. Fence was further back. Uh, the scoreboard was smaller, and Darren Balsley always helps the pitchers keep a lower ERA. They age well here. Which brings us to our second trade, CJ Edwards. Well, hold on a second. This uh, is Mauricio Dubon went from Milwaukee to San Francisco. He didn't really have a place in Milwaukee with uh, Orlando Arcia and. The emergence of Keston Hira, who I've talked about on the show before, he's come up this year and has run away with a second base job. 
Maurice Dubon is from Honduras and has a chance to be the first native Honduran to make the pros. And he's a good little player. He's a slap hitter. doesn't have much power. Good hit tool. Plays shortstop, second base, both well enough to start at either probably is, a, is an average regular out there. Plus can chip into a bunch of stolen bases for you. I like Maurice Dubon. He's a fun little guy. And I think he could have some kind of career in San Francisco as the Giants kind of rebuild. So you were talking about... I mean, that brings us to our... The other trade the Potters made at the deadline, trading Brad Wick away. And to be honest, I'd be happy with anyone that can breathe for Brad Wick. Or not breathe. I, I might take yeah. that too. So the Potters not... always make that trade, you know? And in two years – got to have one of those trades, a w- fix-it guy. When Carl Edwards is a stud in two years, like we'll be looking back at this like, oh, we traded Brad Wick for Carl Edwards, who's now our eighth inning setup guy or Second something. best trade to yeah. James Shields for Tatis. Oh, that's, that's going to be hard to beat. All-timer. All that, that will never be beat. Had some good years with the Cubs. He's kind of fallen off lately, been injured, gone back up up and down this year from AAA to the Cubs. Really inconsistent, but who cares if you're just trading Bradwick for him? It's a very low-risk trade. Exactly. Let Can't. Balsley work with him. I mean, when we got Kirby Yates, Kirby Yates was one of the worst relievers and ba- worst pitchers in baseball at the time. With Doug Bockler and Darren Balsley, we can turn almost anybody into a good reliever. Last thing we're going to mention is the Padres signed another international free agent, uh, Luis Gutierrez on Wednesday. He's just 16. He is from Venezuela and the 29th overall rated international prospect on MLB Pipeline's top 30. And as we stated on previous shows, it doesn't really matter where you're ranked because we've seen guys come from not being ranked to stars and we've seen guys at the top fall off and we've seen guys at the top stay at the top. So it's just kind of a – it's like the draft. It's kind of a crapshoot where these guys end up. And he's a highly rated 16-year-old Left-handed pitcher, uh, scouts like his mechanics so far. He's up to 90 miles per hour on the gun, topping out at. So as a 16-year-old, he was just a, he was a late signing because he wasn't old enough to sign yet, and now it's official. He's been linked to the Padres for a long time, so this has been expected. He's 5'11", lots of projection left. Scouts are bullish on him. We don't know a lot about him yet, to be honest, but just another guy to add to Preller's crop of international guys. The so. best fact was I saw that people were comparing him to Johan Santana. Oh my God. That made me roll my eyes so hard. Why are, why are we doing that to 16 year olds? It's like every black quarterback in the NFL <sighs> who looks like a, what Randall Cunningham or something. Yeah. Or always. Michael Vick. Right. Yeah. Now it's Michael those are Vick. the only comparisons. And now, yeah. Left-handed Latin American pitcher. Like, Oh, he looks like Johan Santana. Out there. Right. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Don't do that to a 16-year-old kid. There's no chance any part of him resembles Johan Santana. When does he come over here? At what age do they actually come to the States? Well, I think they'll send him probably to Dominican Summer League Ball, and he'll probably stay there for two years. And they typically come over – if they're raking, they'll come over as a 17-year-old. But generally, it's 18, 19, they come over. I mean, that's got to be such a crazy shock for a 16-year-old. I don't even remember what I was doing Well, going 16. from Venezuela – well, yeah, getting a few hundred thousand dollars in your – pocket that's and then got a, it's a life changer getting sent away from your parents to you go to the dominican summer league ball and then a year later you're going to play rookie ball in arizona and then and it's some low middle of nowhere in town indiana and then yeah it's got to be a culture shock it i don't know how they do it yeah it, i could have done it at 22 when i went to korea to go teach but that's i'm post-college at that point i'm right. an adult it's it's a 16 year old away from home that would blow, not speaking the mind. language yeah that would be insane uh, luckily he's going to be around enough guys that are kind of doing the same thing as him where it shouldn't be too right. difficult of a transition. We'll see. Anyway, bullish on him. I think that's going to do it for today's Tiller Tramiel podcast. Good job out of you, Wade. 
Tramel. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? That's going to do it. As always, please follow the show's Twitter account, which is at Hands. We appreciate all of your interactions, likes, retweets, all that stuff. Um, sharing lots of content with you guys, the podcast, and putting out some written content soon. We're still working on that. Check it out. If you enjoy this podcast, which you should, please remember to subscribe. We're available on all of your favorite platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to Believe and Padres Prospects on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. For Wade, I'm Ryan. See you guys next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.